baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. is a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Welcome to this week's edition of Insane Things on this, the most insane week so far this year. This was a major week in American history. This was the week that the American people learned for certain that we live in a police state. We knew the FBI had committed crimes to frame Trump for Russia collusion. We knew they'd put their thumb on a scale in a major way to cover up Hunter Biden's crimes, to pressure social media to censor them. But we had no idea how bad it actually was. Now we know. I'd say this is the biggest scandal in U.S. history. I thought the Russia collusion lie, the perjury before the FISA court, that's flat out lying. By the way, a felony that carries five years in prison by the FBI was the biggest scandal in U.S. history. And it was till this week. It is not hyperbole anymore to say that you live in a police state. It's fact. It's fact that the Department of Homeland Security and its subsidiary agency, the FBI, are utterly weaponized Democrat Party functionary apparatuses that now exist to use the spy powers and spy equipment of the state to to persecute to censor to help the democrats this was the week we learned that from the intercept the absolute horror of it cannot be emphasized enough here in a nutshell is what we learned from the intercept which by the way is a left-wing publication ironically they got a hold of leaked internal documents from the department of homeland security that showed a number of things Namely, that they have rewritten their charter and their mission statement. You remember the Department of Homeland Security was created by George W. Bush after 9-11 to protect the homeland from terrorists. But he got bored with that and decided that monitoring social media would now be their main mission. Not just monitoring it for violent rhetoric. No, no. So much more than that. They plainly spelled out that they intended to wipe out speech that challenged the government, that drove a wedge between the people and the government, regardless of whether that speech was true. And that they had a wormhole of sorts, a back portal, a back door at Facebook, where they could log in with their federal bureaucrat email addresses and literally censor your post, delete them, get rid of them, or bust them so far down in the feed that nobody but your Aunt Sue would see them. They'd used this incredible, ungodly power, criminally, by the way, it's unconstitutional, to censor everything from COVID information that turned out to be true, Hunter Biden's crimes information, you know, the laptop stuff that turned out to be true. New York Post should have got a Pulitzer for that. Instead, they got canceled by the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI. Their posts literally deleted po- anyway people talking about them anyway 
or censored. And this other strange thing they're doing, censoring general criticism of the federal government. They also censored negative posts about Joe Biden pulling out of Afghanistan, which was horrific. And generally anything, they said in their own words, in their own documents, they consider to be toxic or just make the federal government look bad. Folks, this is straight out of East Berlin. Oh, and if you ask questions about the strangeness of election night, that got censored too. You know what that tells you? They stole the dang election. No, think about it. Everything else they censored was true, not fake, not conspiracy theory, but true. It really was Hunter's laptop. The shot really didn't work. But the most shocking part of all, to to me anyway, is that we are now four days out from what is the biggest story, I would argue, in American history about government corruption and the leader of the Republican Party, the number one in charge, who the Democrats automatically would look to for a reaction to this, a condemnation to this. Because if we'd done this to the Democrats, oh my God, it would never end. Anyway, Mitch McConnell, yeah, number one ranking Republican leader of the party with Trump gone. He has said absolutely nothing, not one word, not a single interview, couldn't be bothered with a press release, a tweet. No, he doesn't care. And they are laughing their asses off at us because you know what that is? As I've told you so many times, that is a checkered flag. Keep it up, guys. You know, I honestly wonder, I asked this on the show today, if people began disappearing in the middle of the night, people who had asked inconvenient questions, people who did Award-winning journalism like the New York Post disappeared for telling the truth. You know, like they do in Ukraine and other totalitarian regimes like Russia. Would Mitch McConnell say anything then? Would that be enough to get a peep out of the old geezer? Trump's right. He needs to go. Because as of right now, everything we just found out they did, total green flag. Oh, and Kevin McCarthy, not much better. Yeah, he did a four-minute interview on Sean Hannity. But... Couldn't be bothered to kick it up a notch. You know, do a press conference. How about a press release about this outrage? Nope, too much for Kev. Unfortunately, he'll be the Speaker of the House. One of these two men has got to go. Look, we could do a lot with just one leader who actually represents us. We only need one. We don't have it right now. We've got to get it, and we've got to do it soon. Why? Because they're still censoring us with the wormhole. How do you know? All you got to do is listen to this question directed to White House Press Secretary Cringe John Pierre this week. She doesn't deny it. The White House is still flagging social media posts for disinformation. The Biden administration remains fully uh, committed to our mission to protect the, sec- the security and resilience of our um, of, of our you know elections and safeguard election infrastructure. That includes combat- combating disinformation. You know we work to protect that, uh, f- uh, protect Americans from disinformation that threatens the homeland, including malicious efforts spread by foreign ad- adverse ad- um, adversaries. So uh, you know I want I want to be very clear that. Cross-agency work continues to this day. Uh, don't want to don't want to get a, ahead of uh, of anything else. This- so you are flagging uh, misinformation. I, I don't have anything more to add. So to wrap it up, now you know. Now they know. You know. They wish you didn't know and that it didn't leak. But there's a kind of power in them knowing you know because they know our leaders know. 
And now that it's been four days and the leader of the Republican Party can't muster so much as a word against it, not even a sentence, not even a press release, not even a press conference, God forbid, they know it's cool just to keep going. But what does the full operation look like? It's worse than you think. That's insane thing number two. It comes to us from the New York Post today. How did the FBI know to go to Facebook and tell them to censor the New York Post story before it even broke? The New York Post explained this week, and it's horrifying. They're using the spy apparatus, the spy equipment, to spy on the media on behalf of the Bidens to help them cover up their crimes. That equipment, that spy power, was only ever supposed to be used against criminals, those who would hurt the American people. Instead, the FBI is using it to protect Democrat criminals. One of the most stunning paragraphs I've ever read appeared in the Post this week. Quote, We know the FBI at the time was spying on Rudy Giuliani's online cloud with a covert surveillance warrant. Giuliani, mind you, had the Hunter Biden laptop hard drive copy he'd gotten from John Paul Mac Isaac, the computer repair store guy, right? And who was Rudy talking to at the time? The New York Post. He was the one who ultimately gave them the laptop. Therefore, the Post writes, the FBI had access to Giuliani's emails in August 2020 from computer store whistleblower John Paul Mac Isaac and to the New York Post's messages discussing when the Post would publish the Hunter Biden laptop story. What happened? They write, the, del- the FBI used this intel to, quote, deliberately pre-censor a legitimate story for political aim. That is terrifying. There are two features of every authoritarian regime that's existed since the time of Karl Marx, and they are this. There is only one political party. The other is outlawed and destroyed. And two, the intelligence apparatus of whatever country it is always merges with the party. Always. Till you can't tell where one begins and the other ends and which of the two, the intelligence apparatus or the party, actually has the upper hand at any given time. You are watching that happen in America. I never thought I'd see it. We can still stop it. We can still recover from this. We can make this an era in American history we look back on with shame, apprehension, and horror. But there is only one way forward. We have to completely demolish from top to bottom the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI. We'll be fine. Department of Homeland Security is only about two decades old. And the FBI, well, it didn't get its start till after 1900. The Republic was just fine up until then. And it'll be much better off without them. Anything short of that, and we lose the country. Hearings where Jim Jordan bangs his fist, maybe Ted Cruz too, maybe even Kevin McCarthy, not good enough. You know it, and I know it too. These agencies must be ended, ripped out by the roots before it's too late. As we barrel into insane thing number three, remember, the Democrats always accuse you of whatever it is they're doing. In fact, you can know what they're doing years before you find out about it in whatever expose by just looking at what they accuse you of. Hillary Clinton accused Donald Trump of colluding with Russia. We knew that was a lie, but we're only now finding out 
That was actually Clinton and the Democrat Party that was colluding with Russia. Joe Biden's family that took $40 million from an oligarch associated with Putin, Hillary Clinton, who colluded with a former Russian agent to make up the Russia collusion story, hose the FISA court, completely fool them, commit perjury, oh, and get warrants to spy on Trump to try to take him down. The whole time she was accusing Trump of collusion, it was she, the party, and the FBI, and the Biden family, who were actually colluding. So what's she accusing us of now? Exactly what she's doing. Again, the Democrat Party always does this. So what are they planning? I'll let her tell you. It's what she's accusing us of. Out of the clear blue. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. What's that mean? Democrats literally have a plan to steal the next election. And they're not even making a secret of it. As she's saying that, she's directing people to a website on the screen behind her called Crush the coup, the Democrats actually accusing us of a coup, and they have a plan to crush our coup going into 2024. Which brings us to insane thing number four, the deranged Biden speech about how you should vote, which was bizarre. As Harris Faulkner on Fox News brilliantly pointed out in this graphic, you got to see it's on my Twitter feed. Biden ignores top voter concerns, so he does a whole speech, right? Now, if you've watched the polls at all, you know, the top concerns of Americans are inflation, the economy, gas prices. Guess what? He doesn't mention even once inflation, debt, gas prices, crime. That ranks number four with the American people. Borders, that ranks number three. Cartels, fentanyl, abortion, overdoses, none of it. He only mentions the economy once. In other words, Biden don't give a rip about what Americans give a rip about. So if none of that was important enough to mention, what was this? So I play this. Remember, they always accuse you of what they're doing. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. We know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election until a few days after the election. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots. Now it's important for citizens to be patient as well. That's how it's supposed to work. No, it never worked this way until 2020. Remember, Democrats always return to the playbooks that work for them. Let me remind you of my trauma. If you listen to Battleground uh, back then, you'll remember it. Starting in September of 2020, the Washington Post, they went first, doing an article saying it would look like Trump had won, but then a slew of ballots for Biden would come in and, and that Republicans would think Trump had won, uh, but really it was Biden. And But it would make us literally get violent. In fact, they were saying there might be riots. Folks, Washington Post in September and October. And then New York Times started saying it. And then Axios started saying it. And then Jack Dorsey of Twitter came out and said that, yeah, it would look like it. It looked like Trump won, but be careful because Biden was going to win and they were going to have to censor on Twitter. And then remember Mark Zuckerberg came out and published a personal statement by himself saying um, that, yeah, you know, it would it would look like Biden had lost, but 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 no, Biden would would win. And 
they would have to censor people's Facebook messages so they couldn't coordinate because they might coordinate violence in response. And I can remember being on the air at the time, reading all this in September and then October going, how do they know? And it was exactly what happened. I'll never forget going to bed after Brett Baer said on Fox News, uh, Trump had won North Carolina and Florida. Florida was a state where there'd been tremendous Democrat voter fraud, but Ron DeSantis had cleaned it up. After Trump won those two states, there was an 80% chance he'd pick up the election. He'd win. I went to bed and I woke up and the counting had stopped across five swing states simultaneously. Five battleground states simultaneously. The cardboard had gone up in the windows and Twitter was on fire. I'll never forget the tweets from Australia to Pakistan to the UK. They're stealing it. They're stealing it. People were tweeting. Can't you see? They're stealing it. This is Biden playing right out of that book again. Can they steal this whole election? Like I said, I I think they'll take some congressional seats. It's going to be hard because most congressional seats bisect two to three counties, two to three boards of elections. They'll get the ones that run through big blue centers. Um, But the Senate, that's where the steal will be if it happens. And it will most specifically be in Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania, and maybe a few others. That's what Biden's warning us about. See, the American people don't know this, but a very intense operation was put together to watch the ballot drop boxes in these states. And this week, the Department of Justice started threatening the watchers. Now, by law, depending on the state, they have to be 200, 100 feet off the box. They were filming it so the Democrats couldn't dump hands full of ballots, which is illegal in all these states. You can only do your own. Um, and sometimes you can get permission to do one other person. You shouldn't have big handfuls of ballots. But everybody saw 2,000 mules and knows how they did it. So we were watching the ballot boxes. Well, the Department of Justice began threatening the groups with prosecution. No, it's not illegal, but they'll bankrupt you in the process of the prosecution if they didn't get off the boxes. Then a judge began jailing uh, one of the people who helped put this together. It's part of another case. Uh, And then another judge ruled that they have got to stop watching the boxes, even though what they were doing was legal. So Democrats now have an open gate to stuff them. And by the way, that judge's ruling coincided almost exactly to the day of Joe Biden announcing, oh, hey, all these extra ballots will come out of nowhere. It'll take days to count them. Why? Because normally they would have been stuffing those boxes up till now. Uh, They would have been doing it gradually like they did in Georgia, as 2,000 mules documented. Well, now they've got to hit them hard. They got to do it last minute. This stuff's going to come in late. So that's what they're going to do. Let's see what difference it makes. Hopefully it's a big enough wave they can't stop us no matter what they do. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Which brings us to insane thing number five. You can see where all this is headed, and it's kind of scary. The William F. Buckley Jr. program at Yale University did a national student survey, like a poll, right? Conducted by McLaughlin and Associates. And they asked a simple question. Should hate speech 
be punishable by the ultimate cancellation, death. The death penalty. Care to guess what percentage of college students across the country thought that was a good idea? 48%. With 15% unsure. 38% disagreeing. Here's exactly how the question was worded. Violence in response to offensive speech is not a new phenomenon, and some speech can be so offensive in certain cases that it merits such harsh punishment like the death penalty. They were asked if they agreed or disagreed. 48%. Fuck, that's a plurality. You can see exactly where the left is going with cancellation. And you know in your gut, like I know in my gut, they're not going to stop with wiping you off social media. They won't stop till they wipe you off the planet. And they're getting college kids' minds exactly where they need to be for that. Let's hope this poll is an outlier. Meanwhile, insane thing number six, it's pretty clear the American people have not figured out what caused all that inflation or they just don't care. Yep, that's what this poll shows. A large majority of Americans support the idea of new stimulus checks to combat inflation. That is exactly what caused inflation and what would make it worse. The survey found a shocking 63% of idiot respondents said they agree with 42% saying they strongly agree when asked if the federal government should issue new stimulus checks to tackle inflation. This is exactly what the Democrats are going to do if they happen to lose all or part of Congress. Berate Republicans for not printing more money because we don't have actual folks. We print half the federal budget. You understand? So once we pass the federal budget, we're plumb out of money. Anything that we spend after that has to be 100% printed, as the stimulus checks were. This is how we got here. We printed 40% of all dollars ever put into existence in America in the last little bit more than two years. This is why we're broke. This is why we have inflation. And it got worse under Joe Biden, who printed or agreed to print nine trillion dollars since he took office a world per capita records never been done before we've actually printed about seven and a half trillion of that um some more of it's got to be printed by the federal reserve and that last trillion is the student loan stuff that if he wins in court he'll print that and make us even broker just 18 percent of respondents disagreed while 15 percent said they had no freaking clue This is the Zimbabwe-style cycle I'm afraid we'll fall into as next year things get bad. And if we control a House of Congress, the Republicans, the Democrats browbeat us for starving people by not printing these checks, knowing full well it'll only jack inflation through the roof, resulting in another round of checks and another and another and another until, well, you know how it ends. You're smart. You listen to the Battleground podcast. Final insane thing for the week, the bizarre spectacle of Joe Biden demanding that oil companies produce more oil or else. These would be the same oil companies that have begged him since he took office to meet with them. The same oil executives that came to Washington hoping to speak with him. CEOs, but were turned away. The same oil executives that fanned out when he went to Saudi Arabia to meet with the people who did 9-11. And yet he wouldn't meet with them. Punishment is coming, he said, if they don't increase refining capacity and if they don't drill more. Never mind, and I guess Joe figures the American people don't know, uh, that his federal government has closed not one but two refineries 
in the last almost five months that we haven't opened a single new refinery since the 70s. We've only shut them down. And that the average refinery is operating dangerously above capacity right now in desperation at 101%. But here's idiot Joe threatening those oil executives he refuses to meet with. I think they have a responsibility to act in the interest of their consumers, their community, and their country. To invest in America by increasing production and refining capacity. Because they've ha- they don't want to do that. They, they have the opportunity to do that. Lowering prices for consumers at the pump. You know, if they don't, they're going to pay a higher tax on their excess profits and face other re- restrictions. You don't need to be an oil market expert. So you just use your common sense. You can figure out what's wrong here. Why all of a sudden are oil companies gouging people? Why all of a sudden are they too lazy to drill when they weren't under Trump, who left office with a $2.39 uh, a gallon gas? It's so strange. He goes on to harangue them, saying uh, that they're making record profits. They are, thanks to Joe and, and really no one else, um, and that they're reinvesting, not in drilling, Um, for more oil or in refining more oil, but buying back their own stock. That's actually true. But why are they doing that? Because they can't drill. In January 2021, Biden issued an executive order freezing oil and gas leases, a decision that is still tangled up in the courts. No one in their right mind, not knowing how that'll turn out, would invest a dime in anything. They're literally frozen. So they're buying back their own stock because of one person, Joe Biden. Then, as if that weren't enough, Joe Biden suspended oil production leases in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge after former President Donald Trump had opened them up and the companies had made the mistake of spending money there for exploration. Biden did that back in June. And if that weren't enough, he vowed on the campaign trail to end all fracking. And if that weren't enough. Well, you know why they're making record profits? Biden's counting on his idiot followers, not knowing that oil is not an American market. It's a world market. And we used to control the prices. American frackers, particularly mom and pop frackers, controlled the prices by getting in and doing what Biden says you want, pumping more. But Joe Biden, through his regulation, 70 of them took 1.5 to 2 million barrels off the world market. So what happened? Well, that meant OPEC was back in the driver's seat and OPEC once again was setting the prices. That's OPEC plus Russia, by the way. Russia, who Joe claims is our enemy, but you can't really tell from how rich he's made them with these policies. Well, then OPEC said, okay, if it's okay for old Joe to take 2 million barrels a day off the world market, we will too. And they took off the exact amount Joe did. Because why not? It's what Joe did. Joe screamed in outrage like a scalded cat. Blaming the Saudis, which is a big lie. Now, Joe can reverse all of this by noon tomorrow if he wanted to. All he's got to do is withdraw the 70 regulations he executively put on federal lands where 20 and 25 percent of our oil and natural gas comes from. Just go back to the Trump era policies. Whole thing will be fixed in six months. If he wants to gut the profits of the oil companies, he could do it right now. Because the truth is nobody on earth has jacked oil prices up more than Joe Biden. So that windfall the oil companies are reaping, not their fault. It's Joe's. He can end it any time he wants. He just wants to buy time. 
to further cripple the industry. Because you got to understand what's not happening right now are the exploratory leases, both from an investment perspective. You'd be crazy to invest without knowing if a Democrat's going to win. What does that mean? Well, a DeSantis or a Trump can take the presidency in 2024. We're we'll looking at them going, OK, more oil now. And uh, we will be years behind in exploration. So they are kneecapping the country for years to come. Remember that when you're puzzled as to why we have no oil and our food can't get to us in diesel powered trucks. That's the plan. Terra Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 